0: The following is a recording of a personal blog. Episodes may contain topics of abuse, sexual violence, self harm, and death. All topics are handled with care, but some details shared are triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Armand Alexander Gutierrez. This is DID and me. And I am once again having a rough time. I had um, put in hours into making sure that my job was protected because my disorder was getting different. A personality, Bernie, who I haven't had in many years be happy, uh, showed up. And it really scared me. Because normally for someone like me, when my alters show up and I can hear them and I can talk with them, It means that I'm getting sicker. But today I would like to share with you what I know and what I don't know. What I know is that when Damien would wake up or when Bernie used to wake up or Kiddo would wake up and I could see them that things are going to get harder real quick and the functionality i would lose would be memory switching into one of them not to be able to be the armand that everyone knows me as Because I would become them. What I do know. Is that this disorder. The system. Is just like. Any other mental health condition. You're going to have good days. And you're going to have bad days and a day is a pretty good measurement. It represents the time that the sun rises and we get to look forward to the next period of time. And then we end that day for when we go to sleep or when we say we're done. Or it's just simply nighttime and the new day has begun, but I can't go to sleep because I am still learning about the things that I don't know. The thing that I don't know is whether or not I am going to be able to live a quality of life that I wanted. But I have already gotten to experience many things that I wouldn't have been able to experience if I didn't make the choice to move forward. And moving forward looks like taking it day by day. When my wife and I were in Japan, we had to get tissues because my wife blows her nose constantly because she can't really breathe through it and she sneezes a lot. And so we needed tissues. I also use a lot of tissues and when I use more tissues it usually means I'm upset and it usually means that I'm crying and it usually means I'm getting to my I don't give a fuck feelings because the thing is what I do know that I get exhausted of not knowing what's going to happen. So you just drop it. I spent so many years trying to control it. I spent so many years trying to look at it from every single angle to understand and define the problem, to do critical thinking, critical listening, and frankly, try to push away the things that I... Did know and did not know. Because there were definitely things that I knew that I absolutely fucking hated. Please listen to episodes one through all of them before this one. To find out some of that shit that I knew that I hated. But there's some big changes happening for me. I always thought it was really interesting that all my alters were male. And that's because I don't feel like a man. I'm non-binary. I like being feminine. I like being cute. And I like a dress, I like dressing appropriately to the way that I feel. which does mean sometimes i have matching skirts with my coworkers. <laughs> so uh, as someone for many years thought i was only an ally who is bullied for being queer i i thought their hate was just Misguided. Not because they chose me as a target when I wasn't a target, but because realistically their hate would never get them anything that made their lives better. All it did was affect me. And I'm sure it affected them too. But I think their lives were really, really shitty. I think their lives were really, really shitty. They had anger issues. And they chose to take out that anger on a faggot. And I was that faggot. When it came out to being as non-binary to my parents, they kind of knocked it out of the park. I knew that my parents would um, accept me for however way I expressed myself to them because they accepted me for my disorder. They accepted me for my faults. They forgave every single lie I told them because I lied to them A lot. A lot, a lot. So that way they didn't know what I was planning to doing for 16 years. And so that way, as I would put it back then, try to get my shit together before anyone found out. And now everyone knows. Everyone knows that I have this mental disorder, that I have this disability, that I'm non-binary. And now they know I'm poly. There are four people who I love very, very much who do not know this information yet. And if you are listening to this now and you did not know this information, well, if everything goes right, you're going to find out tomorrow. If things go wrong and you find out through here, picture me in your mind. Look at me looking at you. and see me say these words. I love you. This is who I am. I've been like this for many years. And not only that, but my partner has been with me through this journey since the beginning. And we've been polyamorous for seven years. Oh, I have been on binary since last Hanukkah. So, four months, maybe. On month four. But I have never felt this genuine. What I didn't know was the limitations of the idea of thinking that you are a genuine person, right? You try to be a genuine person, you try to be forward, you try to be honest about everything. And when you are, at some point in time, you get really good at it. To the point in time where somebody can look you in the eye and ask you, what are you thinking? And you have every single answer for what you've been thinking for the past hour. I used to not be able to do that. I used to not be able to be vulnerable. I used to not be able to share and I used to not be able to remember. And now that I can, I can remember a little bit more and I'm still trying to be as genuine as possible. I'm finally finding some things that are really hard to be genuine about. Like my fear of someone or some people trying to hurt me again. Because I am gay in their eyes. The politics that are going around That are very anti-trans Feel so much closer to the home than normal When I worked for the Pride Center And we would have a day For trans remembrance We would say the names Of everyone who died that year Because they were murdered for being trans, technically on the spectrum from what I've been taught in my academics and in my training, I'm part of the trans community, but not the trans that everyone knows, but I have put myself out there yet again to become a target. Just like when I would go in the neighborhoods that they would kick me out of every single time I went. To the point where they tried (laughs) beating me up. Thankfully, they were 12-year-olds. And so was I. And 12-year-olds are fucking stupid. They think everything they watch they can do. And I thought that too. They held me. They wanted to beat me. And I was in the position to do what I had always seen in television. Throw your head back. And have the back of your head hit them in the fucking face. And it worked. And I ran. And that was my lesson. I knew that if I dressed a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, maybe I couldn't date. Maybe I would get hurt more. Maybe my parents wouldn't love me. And maybe I would have to Not live the life that I have now. That on top of all that hate Damien would say to me and all that hate I would say to myself. I'm really fucking glad I'm out. Because at the very least, I know that if something does happen to me, it's not going to be as bad as what I don't know. I don't know who would want to hurt me. I don't know what they would do to me. I don't know the opportunities on which that would happen. I do know how to avoid most of them. And I do know that almost every single person in my life who is in contact with me, I can ask for help and they will understand. I used to know that every single one of my bullies apologized to me. The kids who would yell at me and call me faggot apologized. The kids who tried to beat me up apologized. A young boy uh, punched me in the face, in my eye, when I asked him to stop calling me a faggot. And so I went to his house later, talked with his mom, because I was older, and he was a very young kid. And I told her exactly what had happened. And she looked at my black eye. The kid apologized. She apologized. What do you do when a 16-year-old comes and tells you that your 7-year-old not only punched them in the eye... But also hated them for being gay. When I'm not even gay, I'm queer, I'm non binary. But that's pretty fucking gay. (laughs) And so I found my community. And I found the people who would pick me up if other people did drop me. But this is what I know now. There was one. There was one bully who I had who never apologized to me. The last time I saw him, he tried to hurt me again. And I forgot about him until I was at work and I had way, way too many customers share inappropriate information with me because they were in a vulnerable position and instead of, and instead of dealing with that, vulnerable position that they had and that delicate position that they had they looked at me saw a good listener and then just started telling me the worst fucking shit that's ever happened to them it's called drama dumping or drama bombing and it's not actual drama they're horrific fucking things but I sell electronics I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not even a fucking counselor. I'm just a person who has suffered long enough to recognize other people who have suffered too. And I can provide a safe space for them, whether I do it consciously or not. And when I do it unconsciously or when I just become paralyzed, it becomes really overwhelming. I had a customer once tell me um, a lot of symptoms about them being schizophrenic without telling me that they were being schizophrenic and also telling me that they weren't crazy. And they like not ferociously, but just like like comfortably, aggressively just reaching out for help and they go, I'm not crazy. And I stood there smiling And I said, nobody has said that. Nobody in this entire moment that you've come out to me has said that. And I kept smiling at her. And then she pulled out of it. She realized what was going on and she left. After that was a a dude who experienced a ton of trauma. Crash totaled his car. And then two days ago, I had another one, but in the middle of her episode, as I'm just trying to figure out what to do, because I was paralyzed again. She looked at my name tag, and she saw my pronouns on it. And she treated me like a man. And she wanted to assure me that men could wear skirts nowadays. And I didn't have it in my heart to tell her how insanely wrong she was. What a privileged position you think that is. I literally cannot go to the States that my family live in now that they've lived for, for a long time and dressed. <sighs> I cannot go to Texas and I cannot go to Florida and I cannot dress comfortably. I cannot be my genuine self. And I want to see my family. But it's not safe. I'm wearing one of my favorite skirts right now. It's gray. A little bit of plaid on it. And uh, a lot of people think uh, I'm Scottish because of this. And um, that doesn't make any sense. Like, in Mexican, Indian, Japanese, and Russian, what about my face or my complexion looks Scottish? Another man uh, thought it was uh, a Japanese... uh, not uniform. I don't I don't even know how to say it. It involves religion, I'll tell you that much. It involves being in martial arts. Why the fuck would I wear something to martial arts in an electronics store? It's a skirt. Stop stop making it so complicated. Just ask the question. What is that? And some people have been chill. They go, oh, I like your outfit. Where did you get it? And I'm like, oh, I got the skirt at Uniqlo. The socks I got from the Puma store. The shoes are Cole Haan. And then uh, everything from the waist up is part of my uniform. She didn't want to share what her outfit was. She just wanted to listen to me. Considerate. Nice. But no real connection. Felt like more of a teaching moment instead of celebratory. (sighs) What I don't know is how much longer am I going to be in pain because they threw out my arm roller skating today at a roller rink and I was going at very high speeds and I forgot to eat dinner because uh, my anorexia was kicking my ass today and uh I'm emotionally exhausted. I don't know what my life at my job is going to be while I feel this bad and this exhausted. I don't know what my social worker is going to say. I don't know what my doctor is going to say. I, I don't know what exactly my triggers are. I know that I always have the saying, I'll figure it out, I always do. And there's this very special person I'm dating right now. Who I think is a little bit too familiar with what I've gone through. But they're really, really smart. Somehow I don't have to worry about them. Because if they want something, they'll tell me. If they need help, they'll tell me. And if I'm wrong, then that's just another thing I don't know. I think I know. If I can have complete strangers open up to me, I think I could have someone I'm dating open up to me. I need my partners to be really smart. And they all have been, some of them are a little bit too smart, manipulative, abusive, and I no longer talk with them. There are a few people who I chose not to have in my life anymore. After all these people who hated me, but I had infinitely more people who liked me. And that is something I do know. That is something that I have to remember. So I had a mental breakdown at work. I need to go back on sick leave after denying my extension for the last one because I thought I was getting better. And uh, just like when you get up after you fall, maybe you're shaky a little bit and you fall right back down. And that's what happened to me this time. I know that. I really do. I don't know how long this will last. I don't know what's going to look healthy for me and what's going to look unhealthy for me in the next couple months. things have really started to change for me. I'm starting to see and hear things that are not as scary. But the fact that I'm seeing and hearing them normally is very scary. A family member reached out to me because they were experiencing trauma and remembering trauma and it was so uncontrollable. And they remembered what I told them last time I saw them in person. And so they reached out to me and I was able to not hold back. I was able to say everything I wanted to say. Because sometimes the things that I want to say really scare people or make them worried when they shouldn't be. Because when you are vulnerable and when you are genuine, ultimately, that means you accept it. And a couple things that I said was how long I wanted to end my life. It was how I lied through it and got through it. And what did I have to do to accept and try to turn that around? And they, after hearing that, weren't afraid of my quality of life. They were validated in theirs that yes, things do suck. Yes, this is detrimental to your life. Yes, you can tolerate it to the point where you think you're ignoring it, but it's slowly withering you away. Maybe even killing you and you don't even know it. One day at a time. And I get to share with them something that I do know that I know now that if things get absolutely worse, I just go to the hospital, just go to the hospital, deal with it then, get help. on my last date i told the person that i was on a date on i told the person that i was having the date with i told them that i want to support them and i don't want to support them for the big stuff i don't i don't want to support them for just the big stuff i don't want to support them just for being suicidal I don't want to support them for needing to go to the hospital I don't want to support them just for having a life-ending crisis or heck a life-changing crisis I want to support them in the small things too I want to have that type of partnership but that's not the part I said I said I wanted to support them Because the thing is, is that that's what I want to do for all of my friends. I have a lot of best friends and they are the ones who I am willing to make sacrifices for so that way they can have a better quality of life. And I have definitely made those sacrifices at times where it was a detriment to me. Junior high, high school, college. I didn't have the capacity to do that in elementary school. Kids are fucking stupid. But kids want everything. And I wanted to be happy. And I realized that other people were sad as I was. And instead of figuring out how to be happy, I figured out how to hold hands. I figured out how to make jokes. And... I figured out how to support people the way I wanted to be supported. I figured out how to, wait to support people the way my parents taught me how to support people. Not just family, not just people you loved, but anyone. And I gave it away for free. I still would. But my tank is empty. I don't have energy for that anymore. I need to use the rest of my fuel, recharge, whatever, and spend that gas money on me. That is what I know, that's not what I feel. What I feel like is uh, a giant mess, uh, a fuck up, uh, someone too old, To live the lifestyle that I have, poor, weak, fucking stupid. But that's all a bunch of bullshit. Those are automatic negative thoughts, those are intrusive thoughts. Come on, it's amateur hour. you can get really good at hating yourself. You can get really good at feeling that negativity. But if you don't want it, you get really good at going in the opposite direction or hell, even parallel to it. Let's say I don't hate myself. Or let's say I do hate myself, but I look good. Maybe I do hate myself, but I have people who love me more than I do. Let's say I do hate myself. Let's just say that. What does that mean? What actions are going to come after that? What thoughts are going to prove that right or wrong? And what's the point in time where you're going to take a break and make a decision? You'll make the decision that I want to stop hating myself. And you go, how do I do that? Being gentle with yourself. It's kind of one of my favorite ways to do it. I'll be honest, I I don't know if I've gone over this yet in an episode, but I need to go over it now because I'm not doing great. So why don't we practice this together? Try this out with me. Instead of saying the sentence, I hate myself, let's try to be more gentle. I don't like me. Still not great, but it is more gentle. We went from hate to don't like. We went from myself to me. Let's try to be more gentle. Let's choose to be kinder. I am under a circumstance that is out of my control and I don't know what to do. Wow, That's a lot better than hating myself. That almost makes... (laughs) It almost makes uh, all my trauma and sadness and pain sound conditional. Reasonable even. So sure, let's expand that sentence, right? let's Let's take a step back and be less gentle with ourselves then. My trauma and my mental disorder are holding me back. Now to the gentle. It is very hard. to work a full-time job, become a parent, come out as polyamorous, come out as non-binary, and have an anxiety attack because your customers trust you too much. Yeah. I like that. That is way more gentle. There's no judgment. There's no emotions for what makes it great or bad. It's recognizing that those feelings that I have are difficult. A lot of my feelings that I've had have been difficult. And I like them. I like who I am now. I've always liked the good about me. And for me to be able to say that I love myself, well then, shit, I like the bad too. I love myself for being this sick. I love myself for when I figure out how to not be. I love myself for being emotional. I love myself for being in pain. I love myself for being that rock that always is there for others. And I love for myself for when I get embarrassed about needing others. And I do not get embarrassed frequently. But it's coming up more and more now because I'm being more genuine. I'm being more vulnerable. And there's ideals that I want, and I can't reach them all the time. And it's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) And embarrassment is a lot better than hate. It's such a weird type of regret. That's self judgment. I don't mean to make all of these sad, but this is what it's like to have DID. I want to record this and then flourish. Originally, I was going to say, let me vent. But, you know, this is a podcast. You can turn it off at any point in time. But I know Bernie's awake. And I wanted to tell him to let me vent. And he knows because I'm recording, he's not going to say anything to me. And so we're just looking at each other. He's being very patient. And I've never had that kind of respect before with a personality. Never. Never. So I guess, in a way, thank you, Damien, for <laughs> teaching me how bad it could be. And thank you, Bernie, for being patient. You know Fuck it. Thanks to me, too. <laughs> I think it was the most patient one out of all of us. It's nice to talk about your feelings. It's nice to talk about the things, you know, and you don't know. I know that I'm very late on a gift to one of my family members who lives in Texas. Two very special little coins that all I need to do is get into an envelope and send them. I hope I don't switch anytime soon. I would like to be here to figure this out. I would like to not lose that time period and lose that memory. But I don't know if that's going to happen, but I do know that I'm going to try. This is DID and me. Thank you for letting me be vulnerable and thank you for letting me share. Talk to you soon.